Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hey, podcast listeners, Amy Irvine here, finishing up my three-part series on the Secure Act 2.0. So if you haven't heard part one and part two, go back and listen to those. Uh, This particular podcast is going to be uh, what is effective in 2024. So part one was on the new requirement on distribution rules. Part two was what was effective in 2023. And part, um, part three is what's effective in 2024. We have a lot to get through. I hope that all of this makes sense. Uh, This is probably one of the longer parts of the um, part three series. So if you uh, have any questions on it, we'd love to receive your questions so we can dig into some of these a little bit further. Diving right in, if your company sponsors a retirement plan um, and has a Roth provision, you will not be required to take uh, what's called minimum distributions from the plan from that portion of the plan. particular um, source. Now in the past, unfortunately, for those that were over age 72, most recently or 70 and a half in the past, even if your employer had a Roth provision in the plan, you were required to take required minimum distributions from the Roth provision. Going forward, you will not need to do that. So that is an exciting change to the regulations. Again, this is in principle because it's been just been adopted and plans are going to have to be amended to make sure that provision is properly stated in there. If you were required to take them in the past, you're able to stop them in 2024. Now, this is just for the designated Roth accounts. This is not for pre-tax. This is not for any other source. This is just those designated Roth accounts. And so just a reminder, designated Roth accounts are from, you know, in retirement plans and have prorated distributions. They have earnings and contributions, um, whereas Roth IRAs allow for 
contributions first, then earnings to come out. Um, that was not true in the past and, and has not been true with regards to, you know, what portion came out of the plan. So designated Roth accounts are in retirement plans and have prorated distributions. But now going forward, you don't have to take the Roth, take an RMD on the Roth provision. So if you're still working, say, hypothetically at age 73, or you're not working at age 73 in the account and you have an account balance in a 401k that has a designated Roth provision, you no longer have to take an RMD on that source only. So I just want to make it clear. It's just that source. Uh, Another big change that's effective in 2024, and this affects many of our clients uh, in the Corning, New York area, because their plan does not have what's called a designated Roth um, account. Now, maybe they'll change that by 2024, but I would start working on your employer to add this because for anyone who makes more than $145,000 in 2023, so this provision is effective for 2024, but they're going to look back to 2023. Any catch-up contributions will automatically be contributed to a designated Roth account, meaning they aren't allowed to be pre-tax. And here's the stickler. If your employer doesn't have a Roth provision, then you can't make the contributions, the catch-up contributions. So that's why I said calling all my porning clients, uh, you know, start working on your employer to add that designated Roth provision, because if you make more than $145,000 in 2023, and you're eligible to make catch-up contributions, if they don't add that provision, your eligibility is removed. So you would not be able to make a catch contribution in 2024 if they don't add designated Roth provision and you make over $140,000 and you're eligible for the catch-up. That's a big deal because um, you know we're often telling people that we want them to have multiple sources where they can you know put their money and we would love to be able to have number one, you make the Roth, make the uh, catch-up contribution and number two, ideally we actually love the idea of you contributing the catch-up contribution to a Roth because many times you aren't eligible to contribute directly to a Roth and we have to go the backdoor Roth IRA um, route, I guess you want to say. So uh, this is something that if, you know, check with your uh, plan administrator, ask them if you have a designated Roth account that you can put money into. If not, start lobbying for that provision. That is a big one. We also want you to know that in 2024, the IRA catch-up contributions will be indexed for inflation. They've been stuck at $1,000 over the last few years. So going forward, that will be something that will be uh, indexed for inflation as well. Like right now, you know, the Roth IRA, the traditional IRA, the 401k contributions, all of those are already indexed for inflation, but the catch-up portion has not been. So that now will be indexed for inflation. Something we also wanted to mention uh, that's on a very serious note, effective in 2024, if you are a victim of domestic abuse, you will be able to take a penalty-free distribution of 50% of your balance of a maximum of $10,000 from your retirement plan without penalty, as I mentioned. This is a big deal because if you are in that situation and you need to get out of that situation clearly, this gives you a way to put money in a retirement plan and also uh, access to that money to be able to get out of the situation safely. Uh, Because one of the things about domestic violence that often happens, it's not just around the physical abuse, it's also around the financial abuse. The majority of people that suffer physical abuse also uh, suffer financial abuse. 
issues. So we look at that as a real win for domestic violence, uh, domestic abuse individuals. And um, we want people to be aware of that and, and be able to give some guidance on that. Also, in the last episode, I mentioned some hardship distributions that were going to be effective, both a few in 2023, but majority in 2024. There's also a $1,000 hardship distribution per year um, that is an exception to the 10% penalty that you'll now be able to make. There are some other restrictions on this, so it's not as flexible as it sounds, but we want you to be aware of it. More importantly, there is something called the emergency savings accounts as part of your employer plan. This, uh, the, the maximum balance in that um, ESA account is, uh, that's the abbreviation that they're giving it, is $2,500. We feel for some folks that this will give them a comfort to save. It's not clear how all this is going to work yet and plans are going to have to be amended to allow this provision to be part of it. But we do think that uh, for those that are struggling to make the decision between saving for an emergency fund and saving for a retirement, this is going to give them you know, some safety net built into their plan. <clears throat> um, also, I mentioned in part two of this series that there were some changes to the 72T rules. There's also, uh, I mentioned um, the whole five years or uh, 59 and a half is one way to avoid a penalty if you're younger than 59 and a half. So 72T rules are amended to allow you to have an IRA that would establish a 72T distribution on one of the IRAs and then not on another one. So the one that you do have a 72T distribution, you'd need to you know keep taking the distributions for five years or age 50 until age 59 and a half, whichever is longer. Now I mentioned that and there's a, some other provisions in the regulations that become effective in 2024. We are definitely waiting on some further interpretation interpretation from the IRS on this one. So I just, we aren't sure exactly how all this is going to work. We think we know, and I mentioned that in the last episode. There's also some provisions around annuities and distributions around annuities in the 72T rules. So we just, more to come on that. Before we move into the next section, which is around simple IRAs and what's effective for 2025, I just want to take a quick moment and continue my recommendations for Pudding River Wine Cellars out in Oregon for those of you that are waiting for my tip this particular podcast episode for wine. Um, I'm sure all of these provisions are making your head spin just a little bit. So if you're in a safe place at home where you aren't driving, obviously, and you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for something um, different and from uh, a, a different region, I should say, I didn't mention in the other two episodes the re- the Pinot Noirs that they make. I focused on the Syrah and the Malbec and some of their whites. They also do a great job on the Pinot Noir. Now, the Willamette Valley region is known for their Pinot Noir. Oregon is known for the Pinot Noir. Uh, so I wanted to focus on a few other wines first, but don't overlook what the region is known for as well. And, you know, consider looking at what they have for Pinot Noir also. Uh, or better yet, you know, as I always say, life is about events supported by your dollars and cents. Book a trip out to Oregon and explore the region for yourself and let me know what you think about uh, putting river wine cellars and what you liked if you do happen to explore. So back to our show, I was talking about calling all employers that offer a simple IRA with less than 25 employees. In 2024, you will be able to make additional contributions up to 10% of employee compensation, but there is a maximum of $5,000. The contribution limits are also going to increase in 2024. We're pretty excited about that. 
up. We know that it allows more small employers to offer retirement plans, contribute more, and not have the complexity and the cost associated with 401k. More to come along that. We've got a full year to figure out how all that's going to work. So, um, you know, more definitely more to come along those lines. But we are, this is one of those provisions that I personally am very excited about. If you have less than 25 employees, uh, this will really um, be beneficial to, to many of our small employers that want to offer a plan, want to offer a little bit more than just the match that they're providing, but don't want the complexity of a full onset 401k. Another provision that we want to make sure that you're aware of in 2024 is that if you have a student loan, your employer may elect to contribute a matching contribution equal to your student loan payment. That's pretty exciting. If you are somebody who has a student loan, you're trying to get that student loan payoff and you have to make decisions between paying off your student loan and saving in a retirement plan, the decision isn't as significant. I mean, it's still significant, but what this plan provision allows is that your employer can actually match your contribution equal to your student loan payment. So at least something's going in a retirement plan, uh, especially you know if your employer, let's say they match 100% on the first 3%, but you don't feel you can contribute 3% because you got to pay your student loans. Well, now, yeah, you're still not putting into the 401k plan yourself, but the employer is at least matching the student loan payment that you're making. So that's a really big provision and will be interesting to see how many employers adopt this provision and how popular it actually is. So then moving into some things that we know are effective in 2025 and even 2026, I'll of course start with 2025. This is an interesting one. If you are between the ages of 60 and 63 in 2025, you will be able to make an even bigger catch-up contribution than the normal catch-up contribution. We find it interesting that the age range is 60 to 63. So you basically have, you know, 60, 61, 62, 63. Well, actually between those ages that you would be able to do an additional catch-up contribution. Now, those have to go towards the designated Roth accounts. So that's an important provision to remember. Um, but that those those few ages between 60 and 63, you'll be able to make an even bigger catch-up contribution. So don't turn 64. You know, it's um, you can't make those additional contributions at stage. Uh, just joking on that. I, of course, I want you to turn 64 during that period of time. I want you to, to have a very long life. Um, a qualified long-term care distribution exception is also going to be effective in um, December 29th of 2025. That I have no idea why they picked that particular day. Um, what that means is that if you have a qualified long-term care plan, you will be able to take the lesser of $2,500 or 10% of your vested balance towards the insurance cost. This one is going to be so interesting because in 2025, December 29th of 2025, how are we ever going to be able to make the distributions in 2025 to be able to pay for the provision, you know, the the insurance? There's no way custodians are going to be able to do that in a three-day window or a two-day window. It's not going to be possible. Um, but it was interesting that that was the effective date that they actually picked was December 29th of 2025. Starting in 2026, one of the provisions that uh, we honed in on was what's called an ABLE account eligibility. In 2026, if you qualify for an ABLE account, your eligibility will be that if you became disabled,
disabled prior to age 46, then you will be able to fund the ABLE account. In the past, it was if you became disabled prior to age 26. So they're doubling, almost doubling the age, at least adding 20 years on to it. So that is another one that we're going to keep an eye on to see if there's if it's advantageous for our clients to um, make contributions to the ABLE account and to establish those accounts for some of um, for some of our clients. Now, for those of you that don't know what an ABLE account is, an ABLE account was established for somebody who is um, experiencing or is in a disability type situation. So the benefit, it's it's tax advantage. Um, it, it has, the account has the ability to, it's basically um, eligible, I should say, to individuals who are diagnosed with some sort of disability in their life. And, and this account basically allows um, you to put money into it. Uh, again, it will be going to age 46 that if, if they were diagnosed with a major disability uh, prior to 46, contributions can be made by the beneficiary, by friends or by family members. Now the contributions are pegged at the gift tax exemption limit, which in 2023 is actually 17,000. Um, but still those gifts can be made and it's outside of the person's estate. So it's a tax advantage savings account for people diagnosed with a significant disability currently before their 26th birthday. They're similar to a 529 account, I would say. They're, you know, administered state by state, not by the federal government. Um, and they they are something that can be used to um, make sure that the person maintains eligibility in government programs like SSI and Medicaid. So, but the money would be there to help them in other respects because usually when you qualify for those kinds of things, you can't have assets, you can't have um, you can't have too much income in order to qualify. So it it wouldn't count for the most part. It wouldn't count towards those qualifications. It, like I said, they're similar to 529 plans. They're meant to um, grow and be invested for the long term. And they're meant to help with what's called qualified disability expenses, which expenses which include training, support, education, housing, transportation, um, could be assistive technology, could be personal support services, certainly for health um, services, legal fees, potentially those kinds of things, even uh, funeral and burial and basic living expenses. So uh, those those are considered qualified dis- disability expenses. So above and beyond what you would receive under those benefits. Um, four states, Idaho, North Carolina, South Dakota, and Wisconsin don't have ABLE accounts. But if a state accepts outside residents into the program, you can open an ABLE account there regardless of where you live. So again, that and more to come on that particular provision. And we will we will update you when you know when we know more exactly how um, you know how that's going to flush out in 2026. Again, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love it if you would share this with your friends, rate us on iTunes so that more people can find us just like you did and learn from us at, with every edition and episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.